Hi, welcome to the City View Phoenix podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Have you ever started a project and at some point in the middle of it, you just can't figure out how to finish it or you, maybe you lose the drive of actually finishing that project? Maybe it's a school project, maybe it's a work project, maybe it's that IKEA furniture that you're putting together and you are just overwhelmed with the lack of words in the directions, you don't know what to do. Do you ever just feel like you just don't know how to finish? Maybe, maybe in life, do you ever feel stuck? Do you ever feel like life around you is moving but not you? Do you ever feel stuck in your journey and in this life that you have that you're living? You're still in school trying to figure out what are you going to do with your life and what does it look like when you're done? Maybe you're still looking, you're you're working, you have that job, but you're looking for that lifelong career. You're trying to figure that out. You're still looking for that person that one day you'll marry and that they will be your forever. Maybe you're looking for that breakthrough in your marriage, in your parenting, in your finances, in your life. You see, I think many of us, we're looking for something to fulfill us and to to fill a need that we all have. We, we, maybe we feel stuck. We don't feel complete. We don't feel ready. We don't feel something. Maybe you feel like God started something in you and then at some point He quit or gave up on you. Maybe you feel like God doesn't care. He's not there and He just is this ambiguous thing that people talk about, but really, does he care about you? Over the next few weeks, we are going to be doing a series. We're going to look at the book of Philippians, and the series that we've titled is The Power Within You. And, and the thing is, so many of us, we're looking for this power to live this life. We're looking for this purpose, this, this inner drive, this, this somewhere, where am I going to go on this journey? What's going to get me unstuck? How am I ever going to feel complete in life? So we've got, we are going to go through this series through the book of Philippians, looking at the idea of the power within you. And the thing is, the power within you is Christ. And if Christ isn't in you, you will always feel stuck, incomplete, and wondering where you're going to go. But when Christ is in you and fills you and drives you, He will complete you and get you to where He wants to go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us. God, thank you for caring for us. Thank you for being in control of our life and all the things that are going on right now and the craziness of life. God, I ask that you would bless us this day. Um, Lord, I pray you'd speak to our hearts in where each of us are, Lord, in this moment. God, I ask that you'd speak to your people all over as they are. Uh, Lord, some are struggling. We're anxious about the election. We're anxious about the president. We're anxious about... Um, What does our future hold? We're anxious about so many things, Lord. God, I pray that you would take away our anxious thoughts and may we rest in you. Lord, speak to people at churches, whether they're at Valley Life or New City or Gateway or here at City View. Lord, bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to City View's online experience. I want to thank you for joining us online today. My name is Jeremiah. I'm the lead pastor here at City View, and I'm so glad that you have chosen to be a part of what God is doing here.
So we're entering this book of, of Philippians now. And, and as, I, as I was reading through this book, there's so much that, that is going on in this book of Philippians. And I want to encourage you over the next month, take some time and read a chapter each morning and just go through it slowly. Go through this book and, and allow God to speak to you because I believe, I believe that God does speak to us. And he speaks to us through his word. So I want to encourage you to get into his word, get into this book of Philippians. Today we're going to start Philippians 1. You know, I think we can all, um, at times, I think we can all struggle with the thought of, so is this life? Is this what life has? Have you ever thought that? Like you look at your life and where you're at, maybe your job, your family, the things that are going on, and you're like, so th- is this it? I think the writer, of Philipp- the writer of Philippians, Paul, I think he could easily have thought the same thought. He writes this letter, this letter that is to so many is, is titled the letter of joy. He writes this letter in prison. He writes this letter in a place of knowing that he is either going to live or die. He writes this letter of being in chains and in discomfort. He writes this letter under the reign of an emperor named Nero, one of the most evil emperors Rome ever had. You know, some of us were looking at today, we're looking at the elections now, and, and as I share now, I, I, we, don't, we don't know who our next president is. There's so much unknown, and maybe by the time you watch it, all of a sudden it's been announced. I don't, I don't know, but there's so much unease right now. There's so much worry. If this person becomes president, our world's going to end. If this person becomes president, it's, it's more years of, of more evil. And, and, and it's just we're looking at this, and I think we're looking at it in the wrong way. Paul somehow was able to be in this place where he's in prison. He knows his life is going to end soon. He is chained to a guard, yet he still has joy. But Paul easily could have thought, God, have you forgotten about me? God, I, I'm doing this all for you. I'm in prison. Have you forgotten about me? God, is this it? Like, so you want me to do all this? Is, is this it, God? Like, this is the end? This is, this is complete, God? This is, this is what you call finished? Yet this book, this book of Philippians is so full of joy You see, when your life is in Jesus and Jesus is in you, joy can always be found. Did you catch that? When your life is in Jesus and Jesus is in you, joy can always be found. And Paul uses this word joy or rejoice throughout the four chapters of this book. Four chapters. He uses it over 15 times he talks about rejoicing. Remember, he's he's in prison, yet he still sees joy. He's chained, yet he still sees joy. He knows he's going to die, but he still sees joy. He still sees it. But how? How did he find joy in these moments? Well, he found it through prayer as we look at this book. He found joy in prayer. He found joy in people. There were people who would come and visit him while he's there in prison. People brought him joy. He found joy in circumstances there in Philippi. Philippi. Somehow in this city where he's, or not in this city of of Philippi, but in Rome, in the place that he's in, he's still able to find joy knowing about those in Philippi, knowing about those that God is still moving and that God is still doing things. He found joy in his circumstances, but the main place he found joy 
was in Jesus. In Jesus. Now, let's look at Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Paul writes, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, who are in Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So first, before we get any farther, I want us to look at this. Paul and, and Timothy, bondservants. Now, you got to understand this they are making a choice to be a slave to Jesus because they love him so much because Jesus has given them their best life. So this idea of bond servant is a life chosen to be a slave to him. So they are choosing to follow Jesus with everything they have. Verse 2, it says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you. You you see, remember, Paul's in prison as he's writing this. And you see his heart? Do you see how he's able to stay focused and stay in a place where he can still rejoice and how he's in prayer because he's thinking about other people? He says, I'm always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all in view of my participation in the gospel from the first day until now. So here in in these first few verses, we see a key phrase that Paul uses over 50, I believe it's like close to 60 times throughout his few letters, throughout the letters of 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. We're going to see this theme of being in Christ being in Jesus, Jesus living in you, Jesus living through you, this idea of Jesus being in our life, in our life. So many of us, we are struggling with where life is taking us. And I ask you, I ask you, what is your life found in? What's it, what's it filled with? You see, Paul, as he prayed this, he said, I'm writing this to all the saints who are in Christ. That's where their life is found, in Him. This idea of being in Christ is the same as like a fish that is in water. It's surrounded by that water. It's like a bird in the air, how a bird is surrounded by that air. It's like a tree's roots that are in the ground, how everything about it is in that dirt. You see, to be in Christ is to live continually in the atmosphere and spirit of Christ. It, it's to be engulfed, to be entrenched, to be totally wrapped up in who Jesus is. And I think so many of us, we want enough of Jesus to make us feel good, but we want, us, we want enough of the world to make sure that we still have that too. And so I think we're battling these two things. We are in Christ yet in the world. We are in Christ yet in the, the, the satisfaction of the needs we want. And so we're wondering, why do I always feel stuck? Why do I feel incomplete? Why do I fi- feel this way? So I ask you again, what is your life found in? What is it filled with? Are you a fish out of water or a bird no longer living in the air? I remember as a high school student, I was um, sitting under the teachings of uh, Paul Hayes. He was my youth pastor. And he was telling us a story about how one day he was in a car. And he had his younger daughter, Summer, at the time. And she was in the car with him. And, and they were driving down the road on their way home. And all of a sudden, these, these quail ran across the road. 
And as Paul continued to drive, they just continued to run. And then it wasn't until the last minute when Paul had to slam on his brakes to not run over them that they finally flew. Summer turned to her dad and she said, Dad, why didn't they fly to begin with? You know, I wonder how many of us are living like those birds. We have the ability to fly, but we're running around. How many of us are like a fish living out of water? We have the ability to swim, but we're trying to live in a place that's not meant for us. And we wonder, why am I stuck? Why, why don't I feel fulfilled? Why, why do I not feel complete? Well, maybe it's because the power that you're trying to live in is the power that is only powered by you, but it's not the power of Christ in you. And so Paul, as he writes, he's writing this to these Christians, and he, he comes to this point of verse 6. He says, for I'm confident of this very thing. You see, it is Christ in our life that we can finally be complete. It is only when your life is in Christ that you will ever feel peace and joy in life. And so as Paul is is getting his people, he comes to this verse 6, for I am confident of this. Confident of what? Remember, Paul is writing from this place. He's in prison. What would you write to a friend that you know they're not living up to their potential, but they so could? So Paul writes, for I'm confident of this. Now, how could he be confident except he's living in that confidence? He's living. He's allowing Christ to live in him. For I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. He who began a good work in you, not for you, but in you. You see, we have to realize, I mean, I think some of us, we put way too much pressure on ourselves. We're all under construction. All of us, we're all under construction. We all have, we're all on a journey. We're all on this path. We all can feel stuck at times. We're all under the, under construction. We're all in a state of being worked on. All of us. This life that we're living is a journey. That's just the reality of it. But I'm sure, I'm sure many of us have felt stuck. I'm sure many of us felt like God gave up on us. I'm sure many of us have felt like God has stopped working on us. I'm sure many of us have have felt like God really doesn't care anymore. Verse 6 is a promise for all who put their faith in Jesus Christ. And so for all of you who feel like God has quit on you, that God has given up on you, that God is quiet, that God doesn't want you, that's not true. When you put your faith in Him, He wants to do a work in you more than you could ever imagine or think. More than you could ever dream. And this verse 6 is a promise. It's a promise. And did you notice how being complete works? It says in verse 6, For I am confident of this very thing, that He, meaning God, who began the work in you, will perfect it. God is the one who starts the work and God is the one who's going to do the work all the way to the end and God is going to be the one who fills all the gaps in between. The only way to live this complete life that so many of us want is to live it, is to have the power of Christ living in us. That power within you, that power within you is not some power, some not mystical power, but is Jesus in you. 
God is the one that is working to complete you. That's his end goal. His end goal is that you would be complete. That's what he wants. That's his dream for your life. You may feel stuck. And there are times when you are stuck. There are times when it's just a pause in your life. And you may be stuck. God may just want you to sit and think for a minute. Sometimes though, it might be our fault that we got stuck. It might be that we went off a path. We went down a road that we weren't supposed to go on. So you're wondering, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like, God, there's no movement? You, you might be in sin. You might be in a relationship that God is saying, you need to be done with. This needs to be over. I can't move anymore in your life until this has changed. There might be financial things or other situations in your life that God says, I can't do anything until you obey in this area. You're stuck, but it's your choice. But you can easily get back. You just got to make these changes. And sometimes those changes are some of the scariest things that you'll ever do. But if you want to see a complete life, sometimes God says it's a matter of you got to change. Have you ever been stuck in a car on the road? Maybe it's a flat tire. You ran over a screw. And you can tell the mechanic, you can tell the guy who's going to fix your tire, no, make this one work. And he's like, I can't. We have to fix it. We have to put a new one on. So sometimes the reason you're stuck, the reason you got off track in your journey is, is really you. And Paul, the same things that kept Paul joyful, the circumstances in life, the people, the things, those things, though, if we're not careful, can easily be our joy stealers. Circumstances can easily steal our joy, can't they? Right now, I know many people are so worried about this election. We're so worried, and I'll, I'll put myself in there. There are moments where I have to catch myself. I have to take my thoughts captive. And we're worried. We're worried about this. Circumstances will steal your joy. People will steal your joy. You have to ask yourself, are the people around me, are they stealing? Are they joy givers or joy takers? What are they? Things. You have to look at the things around you. Things that we have. And then you have to look at the worries. Worries can be joy stealers. This book of, of Philippians is going to talk about all these things, how we can find joy in circumstances, how we can find joy in people, how we can find joy in things, and how we can find joy and not allow worries to consume us. But these things can easily get us off track. And usually it's in those things, in those situations, when circumstances don't go, when worries consume, when things take over and when people infiltrate, it's usually at those moments that we try to take over our life. And we're like, okay, God, thank you for getting things started. I'm going to take it over now. You see, when we let God start the work and then when we try to complete it, we will so easily get frustrated and wonder, where did you go, God? God, why did you quit? And it wasn't a matter of God quitting, but it's a matter of us saying, God, let me take the wheel. God, let me take control. God, let me do this. And so we try to take control. We try to go, I'm going to go this way. God, I, I see. I think you want me to go this way. And God's like, no, no, no. I wanted you to turn right, but okay. It's road work ahead. And so we, we do that. And, and Paul is telling his people, you guys, God, God not only wants to start the work, but he wants to do the work and he wants to complete the work. When we try to do things on our own, we will end up on a path in our journey that will be off the path of God for us. But there are also those parts, those paths in our journey that sometimes are just a matter of uncomfortable. 
But God wants to take us through those so that we will grow and that we will trust in him. You see, God wants to be a part of all of it. And God knew, and Paul knew this. Paul knew this about God. And that's why he's encouraging these people. I mean, he's speaking from a place of, uh, of understanding, a place of experience where he knows God is going to complete the work. He's in prison. He, under, he sees this. He knew that God wasn't finished with him. He's looking, okay, God, what's next? Like, okay, I'm in prison. You want me to write letters? Okay, I'll write letters. But how did Paul know? How did Paul know that God wasn't done? How was, how was he able to still write a letter full of joy? And what is the encouragement he's trying to tell us? He says, okay, you guys, God wants, God is going to complete the work that he started in you. And they're probably looking, going, reading this letter, going, Paul, you're in prison. How in the world can you see anything positive in this moment? Paul says, look, verses 9 through 11. Paul says, and this is what I pray. And I think as Paul prays this, these are the things Paul believes as well. These are the truths that Paul holds on to. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. Having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You see, here are some things that Paul knew. Paul prays. Paul's prayer shows us these things he knows. He knew, Paul knew, that when you understand the love of God, you will abound in that love. He says that in verse 9. He says, I pray that your love may abound still more, meaning overflow. That's the idea, that your love may overflow still more in the real knowledge and discernment in this understanding about this love, understanding about the love. You see, the more we understand things that we love, the more we love them. My son, Joel. My son, Joel, has loved cars as long as I can remember. He always had a little toy car with him, always. He'd have it in his pocket in Sunday school. He would take it in his pocket to preschool. My wife would have a ton of them in her purse so that anywhere we were, if he was getting distracted or he needed something to distract him, she had a little car to give him. I remember the first time we took him to Monster Jam and the kid loved it. He got to see all the monster trucks that he has little monster trucks for. My kid, that kid has always loved cars and now he loves them even more. He knows the names. He knows how fast. He knows all those things about cars. We drive on the, on the freeway and he's like, dad, that's an Audi R8. That's a whatever, all those different car names that I don't know. And I love to tease him. I, I see a Hyundai driving down the road and I'm like, Joel, is that a Ferrari? He's like, no, dad, that's just a Hyundai. It's not even cool. Oh, Joel, is that, is that a Bugatti? No, dad, that's, that's just a Chrysler. It's not even a cool car. Why, why do you even ask? Joel, is that an Audi R8? No, dad, it, it's just an Audi. It's not even a cool one. And I love the annoying, but you see his love in those cars. And as, the more he learns about cars, the more his love for them abounds. Do you see how this works? The more we know about it, the more our love for it grows. So the more we know about God's love for us, the more our love for him grows. The more we learn how much he sacrificed and gave up for us, the more we know how much grace he has to offer us, the more we know how much mercy he gives us, the more we know about how much he thinks about us. 
how He cares for us, how He's a plan for us, the more our love for Him grows. And then Paul, you see, when you grow in your love for God, then you begin to understand this love that God has. Philippians chapter 1 verse 10 says, For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ. You see, Paul, he understood this love that God had for him. That's, that's what kept him in this place of joy. That's how he knew that God was going to complete because he understood God's love for him and he knew a God who loves so much is going to complete something he loves. And he also understood, he knew God wasn't finished with him because he learned what really mattered in life. What really mattered. I think some of us, we, we're struggling with what, what's really important. What, what matters most? What, what needs to get my attention and my focus? When you know what, God, what God's love is about, you're going to know what really matters. What really matters is loving one another. It's loving those around us. It's caring about those who don't have. It's being a part of something bigger than yourself. You see, when you know what really matters, you look at life different. You really do. You see how much God loves you, and it puts life into perspective. It gives you a desire to live a life that is pure and blameless. This idea of pure and blameless, it, it means a, a, a life that is sincere. This means people can look from the outside and see you are living a life that is real. It's not fake. It has the idea of being able to take something in, into, the, into light or into the sunlight and see if it's actually real. That's this idea of pure and blameless. That's this idea that Paul is writing about. What they would do in those days is there would be statues. And if, a, if part of a statue would break, you would go and you take wax and you would form that wax into the shape, say a nose breaks off of the statue, and you would form that and you would color it so that you can't tell it's a, a wax nose. But when you want to examine something, or when you want to make sure something is pure and blameless, you would take then that statue and then you'd be able to see, is it pure and blameless? And you'd see if that wax would fall off. You see, and Paul is going, man, I want to know what really matters so I can live this pure and blameless life. So when people look at me, they, they see that, man, I believe this. I believe that, you know, Paul's writing this letter. I believe that God is complete. I believe that God's going to complete what he's starting you. But imagine if the Philippians, they also heard, man, Paul's complaining every day about being in prison. Paul went, he fought, he, he, he beat up half the guards, he's complaining, he's really debating on whether or not he believes in this faith, but he still writes us this letter. Imagine if, if they were getting conflicting stories. Imagine if they weren't, but you see what was happening is Paul says, I believe that God is complete, he's going to complete the work. How do they know it? When he says, no, you're going to know when life really matters and what really matters in life when you're pure and blameless. You see, Paul is being taken out in the sun right now. And the, this church, this Philippian church, He's able to see his life and be like, man, he really believes it. You see, when you see somebody who really believes something, it makes you want to believe it too. It makes you want to believe it too. And so Paul believes that God has started a work in these people. And I believe that God has started a work in many of you. And I believe that he's going to complete it. 
I believe it. And I believe we learn what that complete life looks like as, as we learn more about the love he has. As, as, and as we learn more about the love he has for us and what that looks like, we're going to learn more about what really matters in life. Those things that as we look at life and, and what's important and what's not important, when you know Christ's love for you, put him on the cross when you know that he didn't waste his life. Imagine if Jesus just, he's I'm going to die on a cross and I'm just going to, you know, who cares? But you see, he didn't waste his life and he's not going to waste yours. He's not going to waste your life. He's going to complete it. Can you trust him? Can you trust him in that? And so Paul continues this encouragement to this church in Philippians chapter 1, verse 11 now. He says, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You see, Paul knew, he knew what this life looked like to be complete because he knew what being filled up meant. Remember, Paul's in prison when he writes this having been filled with the fruit of righteousness for the glory and praise of God. He's writing these positive words because he is filled up with Christ. He is sitting there thinking, what, what do these people need so they can live a life that's, that's different? He's evaluating, what, what helped me? And I wonder, have you ever sat there and you go, okay, what, what helped me so I can help them understand? Maybe you started a business and you know somebody who's wanting to start a business. And so you have to sort of think back, okay, my friend wants to start one. What are those things that I wish I would have known? Maybe as a parent, a friend of yours is having a new kid and you're like, man, what would have helped me if I would have had somebody tell me these key things? So you sit back and you start evaluating, looking at life going, what got me here? Maybe you're in school, you're in college and you're struggling through college and you're like, man, what would help a, a brand new freshman in college? What would help them? What, what, what do I wish somebody would have told me? And I think Paul's at this point. He's writing this letter in prison going, I want these people to live, realize that God wants to complete the work in them. But it's, it's his power. It's the power within us. It's the power of Christ in us. I want them to know this. So how? how? Well, I want, I want to pray that they abound more in love. I want to pray that they, that they know what really matters in life. And I want to pray that they would be filled with the righteousness of Christ. You see, the power in him to be able to live a life that he's called to is Christ in him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says this, For our sake he made him, Jesus, to be sin. To those who knew no, to him who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of Christ. In us, no matter what, we can't create good. We may try to be this good. We may try to complete the work. We may try to have this power to go and do. We may go meditate and do all these things to really hone in our brain. But if Jesus isn't in you, he can't complete you. I have here these gloves. I have a work glove. I have a surgical kind of glove. I have a workout glove. 
See, and these gloves, they're great. I mean, this glove, it, it can build, it can create, it can, it can fix. But, you know, I can tell this glove, I can be like, hey, glove, go in and make a block wall. Glove, go and, go and fix my yard. Okay, glove, maybe it needs more encouragement. Maybe, okay, glove, you know what, glove? You're such a great looking glove. You're yellow and you, I mean, you're padded here and there's extra spots. You even have a, a, a one finger so that you will still work on my phone so that if I'm doing work, I can still text at the same time, glove. Glove, you are great. Encouragement doesn't do anything. Maybe the glove needs some direction. Hey, glove, so here's what you need to do. You, you, need, to, you need to be able to go over to this spot so that you need to go pick up the rake and, and the shovels so that you can dig the hole so you can rake the yard so you can get the work done. No, so it doesn't need more direction. No, you see, what this glove needs, what you and I need, is to be filled with what will give it power. You see, I could pour water in it, it'll fill it. So I wonder how many of you are filling your life with things that aren't ever going to get you to where you want to go. I could fill it with water. I could put dirt in this glove. It'll fill it up. It'll fill up every single finger and it'll look full and it'll look great. But you know what? It'll, it'll never do what it needs to do. You see, what this glove needs is it needs a hand. It needs a hand that fills every single crevice, every single place. Not just, you know, most of the fingers. See, if I only filled it part way, it would not be totally effective, wouldn't it? No, no. See, it's got to be filled all the way to be its full potential. You see, Christ has to fill you. The power within you is nothing to do with you. It's, it's Jesus in you who's going to complete the work in and through you. And so I ask you, what's in you when you are filled with, filled with Christ and the fruit of his righteousness? There's a life that can be filled. You see, when we are filled with Christ, we will see fruit and evidence of that life. Our, jo our journey will have a purpose. This glove now can have a purpose. It can be fulfilled. It can, it can do. God is, is not finished with us. He's going to do that work in us. God is going to work in us. And this glove now, because it is filled with my hand, it can complete the work. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Remember, in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in Him. You see, I think so many of us are like this glove and we're trying to get work done on our own and we will never be effective. We'll never be complete. We will always feel like we're missing out. We'll always feel like part of us. Some of us, maybe we're, we're like this. We let God fill most of us, but not all of us, and maybe we're, we're sort of like this, like we let God fill these fingers, but we're like, God, but I'm, I'm going to do these parts. It's the, God, this is, this is up to me. God, you take this and like that, that works for a little bit. Like I could pick up a, a cup, but getting into more detail, it's going to be tough. You see, we have things that are filling our life.
that will never help. See, God, He wants to be at work in you. He brought you here today because He wants to live in you and through you. He's not finished with you. You see, without Jesus, we're like this glove that's so empty. And we need to be filled, and we want to fill it. But what are you filling your life with? You see, that power within you, you hear all about it. Tony Robbins talks about the power in you. There's books about the power within you. But man, the only power that will fulfill you, that will complete you, is Jesus. Is Jesus within you. Christ was in Paul. And he shares with us these things in these, these few verses we looked at. How he abounded in, in how he abounded in being loved by God and by God loving him. He learned more about this power of God in him because, because of that love, he learned what really mattered in life. You see, when you know what really matters, it helps you know what to do and what not to do. And once he knew what really mattered, he changed how he lived and he wanted to live this sincere life. When, we, when, that, when he lived that sincere life, it produced in him a fruit. You see, when, when you realize, like, I can make this look great and all, like, I am, like, it looks great. And people can be like, wow, look at that, Jeremiah. That's, you got your glove on. Like, yeah, I do. But then as soon as somebody tries to shake my hand, see, Paul's like, man, I want people to know that Christ is in me. I live a sincere life. This is the power within us. It is being loved by Jesus, understanding his love for us. Then his love is working in us and through us. And that love produces in us a fruit-filled life. So I ask you, what's filling you? Is Jesus in you? Let him fill you. Have you tried to live a life on your own? Maybe you're, you're sort of trying to, you're, you, Jesus, you've given your life to him. And at one point he filled you, but at some point he said, Jesus, let me take over now. Maybe you're more like a glove on the wrong hand. If you've ever put a right hand glove on your left hand, it it's, can work. But it's not the design. You see, and if I were to try to do any kind of real work with this glove on this hand, I, it will never be easy. And maybe some of us were trying to do it on our own. Let God's power fill you and surround you and be in you. Maybe you're thinking, but how? How? And Paul encourages us. We can be filled with God's love and with, with His power as we're at church, as we're around those people that are encouraged that same way as we are in prayer. Maybe you need to take your next step with Jesus. Maybe He's filling you, but there's an empowerment that happens when you know what you're supposed to do next. Like I can wear this glove and it can look good and all, but the purpose of this glove is that I would do something with it. The next step would be that I would go to work. But your next step, if you're new to Jesus, is to get baptized. So I ask you, are you signed up to get baptized? I don't know what your next step is. I don't know. But I do know that if you want to experience the power within you, that Jesus is in your next step.
no matter where you're at, whether you are, have, been, have believed in Jesus a long time, Jesus is in your next step. Whether you've not believed in him until today, Jesus is your next step. So what is your next step with Jesus today? And I want to encourage you, take that step. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for today. God, thank you for loving us and caring for us, having a plan for us and not giving up on us and not quitting on us. God, thank you for, for being purposeful and, Lord, for not only the desire to starting the work, but completing the work and doing, making it perfect, that you're going to perfect that work in us. Jesus, thank you for filling our life. Lord, if there's anybody here that's watching now that has not surrendered their life to you, God, I pray that they would do so. And if that's you, if you're watching right now, and you know that you are like an empty glove and you need Jesus to fill you so that you might have the purpose in life that you want. Pray with me. Pray, say, dear God, would you fill my life? Would you fill my life? God, I ask that you would forgive me. God, I ask that you would heal me. I believe that your son Jesus died on a cross for me. And Jesus, would you fill my life now? In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you prayed with me today, will you please let us know? And if you would like to get baptized, will you please sign up right now on our website or on our app? Please let us know. Cityviewphx.com. Please sign up. We have a baptism coming up in just a few weeks. Don't miss next week. Join us next week as we look at part two, Philippians chapter two, and how the power within us makes us a difference maker. Have a great week. God bless. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out our website at cityviewphx.com or download the CityU app on the App Store.